Dad. Welcome back. We are Pun Pals. I'm Tom and that is Jake. Hello. Hello, Jake. How are you today, mate? Good. How are you? All right. Here we are again. I'm Look, I'm good enough. That's good. I'm flying high, feeling good. I, I feel you. like maybe I should be like reclining in my chair a little bit today. Are you feeling the sort of Yeah, it's definitely relaxed? like a laid back kind of day. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to... We're doing this podcast reclined. That's what I've decided. All right. I've adjusted the mic. You can hear. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've just reclined so far that I nearly fell over. Jack nearly went all the way back. Oh, poor, poor bastard. Hey, I listened back to our first episode the other day. Yes. And remember when we were talking about the car park thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went back and I checked how much did I actually spend on car parking that day? Yep. I guess that puts you squarely in the right. Um, So that all that guilt I made you feel about... I didn't feel any guilt. I just thought, why the hell does he think that it's going to cost $10 to park here? I think a sorry is warranted. That's okay. I'm I'm sorry. You're forgiven. I'm sorry, Jake. (laughs) I bet, though, you were going back to look... Just to be like, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought I better be, because I, I re-listened to that episode, I'm like, I better double check myself here. You, you know this mic that, you, for those who can't see, Jake has the mic in front of his face. Yeah. And all I see is just a couple of eyes peeking over the top of it. Do you want to lower that down, mate? Ah, oh, I suppose. So you have to unlock that one? Yeah, I know how to lower a mic. Well, I doubt it because you had a mic in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew, you wouldn't. Yeah, well, that's because I reclined. It wasn't in my face until I reclined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, this is becoming a trend of me being right and then you realising that I'm right upon reflection. You know, yeah. Yeah, that is. I don't like that trend. <laughs> I, I think there's something broken in the system. But look, I hope it doesn't become a, a sort of one-sided thing where you're always right. But I also hope that I could admit my faults, you know? Maybe. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's, okay. It's a, you're doing well. <laughs> I would also like to not always be right, but I'd like it better if we're just both right all well, the time. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing <laughs> your uh, your correctness. Yeah, it's just so hard. How are you going today, mate? I'm good. How are you? You look, you know, I've been pretty good. I applied for a job. Right. And obviously I already have two jobs. But I applied for a job that's the sort of job, it's an executive level job. Okay. I would probably have to pull back on on my business and and some of the other work that I do in order to to you know do that. I think you have to pull back on what you're doing anyway. How many hours a week do you work? I work like seventy or eighty hours. Yeah, that's it's average, a not so I would say. like you're the only person I know that can do that. And not like well, I don't know freaking out all the time. A lot of people I know who are you know working in video and stuff like that do work long hours. There's a it basically if you're a high performer and you know I've got one of those unique jobs that if you do put in more hours you can make more money. And a lot of jobs aren't like that, so it mm. sort of becomes almost like a bit of a, a game where you're like, oh well, if I sacrifice a little bit of free time tonight, I can make a few hundred bucks and. You know, it's that sort of a thing. So, you know, not everyone can do it. And if you, depending on, you know, where you work. But honestly, uh, I do think if I managed to switch to like a nine to five or something like that, it would probably be better for my health and everything, you know. You're one of those people, I know you think a lot 
along the lines of like, well, I could be playing this game or I could get paid to do the work. Like it's almost like you see R&R time as like you're paying for that by not earning money. So it's like would I pay, you know, $50 to have this hour off? Absolutely. And that's how you kind of – you see free time as like an expense. I think a lot of dads see it that way. I don't know. That's I think it comes. Way to see. I think it comes with responsibility. Where you, I have, I have a little family that I got to look after over here. Yeah, you know, so I have to, I have to make sure that there's stuff coming in. Yeah, no, and I, I applaud that, and I think that that's a really well applaud good thing. louder. But I, sorry, yeah, <laughs> I would, but it'll wreck the mic, you know. Yeah, but um, I, I think maybe the executive level job would be good for you then because it takes away the sort of like hourly sort of outlook. Mm, I agree. I agree. And the executive level job? Yeah. It's in podcasting. Yeah, nice. Which is interesting. It's more management side. But yeah, look, I applied for it. Who knows if I'll get it. I was feeling quite sheepish about what I wrote in my cover letter. It's, It's quite frank, shall we say? And I started it off by saying, I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to pull it Did up. Did you start my, off like, I already know I'm above this, but. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> You're not going to find anyone better is how I, how I started. Uh, I said that I'd only just seen the listing, which yeah. means that I'd sort of rushed uh, writing it. So I'll see, I'll go through my, some of my phrasing. You, you tell me whether I've written this nice. It, I did. I did address their selection criteria. So, just as a rule of thumb, mm-hmm. if you've got like you know three or four days before the deadline, you know people always say get it in, just get it in. But I, I think always just sleep on it or get that extra pair of eyes to look at it because, yeah. like, I've written so many applications where I've missed something. Um, I'm, I'm just going to turn around and show the design to okay. to Jake. So, okay, here you go, Jake. Have a okay. look at this design. Oh, very shiny. Oh, you put a cover photo in. I did. And check out the second page. Um, it's only two pages. Yeah. Oh, look at that. All graphical. Yeah. So I did, I used Adobe InDesign. Yeah. And I used one of the Adobe stock templates and then just went and reformatted it to myself. And I put a few even, it's even got some like infographic stuff about, you know, where my strengths are years in certain types of fields and stuff like that. Is that more of a resume kind of thing though? Like have you kind of combined your resume into your cover letter? Yeah, no, that is. Yeah. That is. The, oh, good. Because it's, um, I connect them both. So the the top one, that's the cover letter. Yeah. And then the second page. And at the bottom of my cover letter, I have quite a nice quote from a CEO of a top Tasmanian brand. So I thought, well, that's that's good. I'll put that in. Right. So this Adobe InDesign, this is the new resume, the way to write an application, do you think? Or? No, it, it's good for document um, presentation, though. You know, if you're used to Adobe products, it works pretty well. Yeah. But it also, I mean, it looks very very nice. corporate, would you say? Yeah. And you notice usually uh, I would go for black backgrounds and stuff like that, but thinking that they're going to print it. For paper. I went with, you know, this sort of bone, shall we say? Would you call that colour bone? I'd call it off-white. Off-white, yeah, nice. Sort of like a beige. And you can't see this, but around my around my photo, my Instagram handle. Oh. It's the little things, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so just looking at that, what do you reckon? 
Yeah, no, it looks great. I also, usually my actual CV part is at least two pages and it has a lot more detail. Yeah. And with this one, what I tried to do is abbreviate everything and make it very legible. Yeah. So I sort of went against my usual, as you know, I try to explain everything. So I tried to push against that a little bit. Yeah. They're not going to read all that. No. So I only included two of my degrees. I included only experience that's relevant to them. Yeah. Yep. Brill. Yeah. So look, feeling good about that. I think I responded well. But I'll tell you, there was one thing as I was submitting it that's um, stuck out. Okay. So this is a this is a pretty well known company that I applied for. Yep. Big company. And they thrive on diversity. And it's in the job application, thrive on diversity, you know, inclusive, that sort of wording. Now, I'm white <laughs> and I'm a male, right? And didn't notice. As I submitted the application through their online portal, it yeah. asked me, Are you male? <laughs> yeah. Are you white? Like it went through all of it. It asked it asked so many questions. And then it got to the end and it was like, So you selected no on all of these diversity questions. What do you think makes you think you'll suit the this uh in terms of diversity what is your um what was this wording it said what's your understanding uh how is your understanding of of australia unique or something like that oh what did you say to that it's certainly angling for some sort of minority status you're vandemonian I just said, I said, I'm officially diagnosed ADHD. And you're a Nesmic. <laughs> Nesmic. Did, did you put that in? No, I didn't. Oh, you should have. I did. You should have. And, you know, I uh, I did put one other thing in. I've dealt with many, due to my family history and my own personal experience, mental health stuff. And I think I have a pretty good understanding of mental health. And that generally, I think it makes me uh, slow to react with abrasive people because Generally, I always give people the benefit of a doubt. Yeah. I think that's that's fair to say, don't you reckon? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you do. <laughs> man of many words today. I, I think you, you give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I think some of my history makes me a bit diverse, don't you think? Yeah. 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 I think we're you're certainly diverse on the ideas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nah, good. All right. Well, I um I've been looking into doing some training through LinkedIn in order to boost up my skill set a little bit. Okay. Uh, just cuz my career I've I've worked as a as a teacher, as a school teacher for like 10, 11 years. Yeah. Uh I'm looking to change careers from that, not because I hate kids, but because I really dislike kids. No. Um <laughs> I I think it's just that time, you know, you get to a point in a career and it's like, oh, what else can I do? And so I've been uh, going for some different jobs. Like I really like, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to data. Like I really like working with, you know, big bits of data. Mm. And so I've been looking for jobs around that. Um, but I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm getting told that I don't necessarily have the uh, official qualifications to, to show 
what I like I can talk about what I can do, but I don't have any certifications or anything like that. I've just sort of learnt on the job. Um, and I've I've worked in some roles where like I've I've had like an analyst thing or like a development kind of thing, but they've they've been very like small scale. Uh, like smaller parts of the job, like, you know, doing timetabling or something like that or mm. or working uh, at UTAS with like their student management program and pulling out CSVs and running SQL queries and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, the feedback that I got was, well, go and get some certifications just to boost up your, you know, back back up what you're saying a little bit with something substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking at some LinkedIn courses and there's a couple of Microsoft courses. So getting into that field seeing what comes up and if not there's always you know more teaching i one thing i i cuz i've been looking at the jobs yeah how come you're not applying like there's so many jobs out there that you could do and i i'm constantly bombarded on linkedin with new jobs and also in um when i was looking through the seek and other other platforms there's lots of stuff on there you could do why aren't you just diving into some of these other things even temporarily? Um, yeah, I guess that's not a bad idea. Hey, maybe I should do that. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Just get some money coming in, you know? Yeah. Because I, I was I was tempted to. Which, like, so I've got relief teaching. Relief yeah. teaching actually pays quite well. Yeah, but how often have you, I mean, is the term even started? No, not until, like, it doesn't start for another couple of weeks. So... So look, the, you know, what are you going to do in the meantime? What for like two and a half weeks? Yeah, just enjoyed the summer. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> enjoy the summer. Enjoy the summer. Yeah, I was actually thinking I might head up to Melbourne for a bit. Then I don't know, go to the Gold Coast, see my family. Really? Yeah. Why not? Oh well, now's a good time. Yeah, but then I also want to buy this new keyboard. And so I don't, I can't really do both, but I think I'll wait on the keyboard until I do have like, you know, some actual proper money coming in rather than just like living fruitlessly off my savings. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, once I've, once I can sort of get a bit more of a predictable budget in place, I can start buying new things. Mm, I've certainly been curbing my spending. Yeah. Because I haven't had that much extra work. Oh, though I did have a good gig the other night. Yeah. I was one of the camera operators for a basketball game. Okay. On TV. Cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, Who was playing the? the it was Jack, Jack Jumpers and the Hawks. We like our Jack Jumpers. Yeah. So if this you see any dodgy camera moves in that basketball game, well. You know, the Jack Jumpers is one of those things that sort of just appeared out of nowhere from the time that I was away to when I've come back. Yeah. Uh, and like everywhere is Jack Jumpers now. I'm like, oh, they love Jack Jumpers. And oh, my kid drew a picture of the Jack Jumpers. I'm like, what the hell are the Jack Jumpers? And then someone, oh, it's the basketball team. I'm like, wait, we, we have a basketball team? I'm not sure if they've, when this started, but their marketing team are great, aren't they? Yeah. Even if you're not from Tasmania, you know about the Jack Jumpers. Well, didn't they win like a few years back or something? And then now that's propelled them to. Mate, this game that I watched was was so good. Yeah? Yeah. It went into double overtime. So do you know how wow. basketball works? Yeah. So. I used to play. Did you really? Back in school. I mean, not <laughs> not at a professional level. <laughs> well, you can't say I used to play and it's from school. Yeah. yeah, I used to play in school. No. I was on the school team. Oh, uh, that's cheating. It's cheating. Okay. In that case, I used to be, you know, 
I a professional runner. Really? Yeah, I when? ran it, ran at school. Oh wow, that's amazing! Wow, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that about you. Mm. Yep. yep, I was a hurdler, not a runner. <laughs> a hurdler? Yeah, I could do. I did the hurdles. I was on the state team for a little bit. I, you know, one thing that always annoyed, always scared me about hurdles is that if you make a mistake, you're fucked. You are like, there's not something you're like, oh, I'm a little bit slower than the other person. You're genuinely injured, <laughs> right? Do you know, in my last year of school, uh, I was doing the hurdles mm-hmm. and uh, the the school that I went to, they used to have like all these kids that didn't want to do any sports. And they said, right, well, you can contribute by being officials for all the events. And so they'd put people in charge of events that know nothing about any sports. Mm. And um, it just so happened that the official for this particular race that I was doing happened to be a, a acquaintance of ours that I went to school with. Uh-huh. And... Decided, like, they uh, were told to put the hurdles to a certain height, like, and it's measured by the number of holes, like, up the the rod that you can put the peg in. And they got it wrong, and they put it up to, like, the Olympic standard. And so we're, like, a whole heap of teenagers saying, like, this is too high. And they're like, no, that's what they told us to do. That's what you're doing. And so I was doing the hurdles, (laughs) and I tripped and fell completely axed myself, but I was on so much adrenaline that I got up and I I managed to come third in the race, which was pretty good, I think. Mm. Um, but then my hand was like, I was clutching my hand afterwards. I'm like, oh, that really, really hurt. And uh, then like all of my friends came up and they saw that I'm clutching my hand. So they grabbed my hand and they're like shaking it like, nice job, you know, well done. And so like, I'm like screaming in agony while they're all shaking my hand because this is what teenage boys do to each other. Yep. And then my teacher came over and said, oh, well, actually, your your hand looks a little bit wonky. Maybe you should get that checked out. Mm-hmm. Had a broken wrist. You broke your wrist? Yeah, and then everyone's coming and shaking it uh. from a hurdle that's too high. And then I go to English, yep. and my English teacher says, oh, with that broken arm, you're not really going to be able to do much English work, are you? Maybe you should just go to the library and do your work on the computer. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, thanks. And so I got to spend English, like, for six weeks in the computer lab. But you couldn't have typed. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I didn't do much typing. I did more just surfing the web. But then afterwards, after I got the cast off, I okay. came back into English. and They had like, a hurdling composition. No, the, the teacher's like, oh, yeah, cool, have a seat. You know, this is what we've been covering. Yeah. And then I start writing, and he's like, oh, you left-handed. <laughs> did you get him? I'm like... Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> and he's like, well played, because well my cast played. was on my right hand. Mm. Did I tell you, <sighs> right now we're sitting in secret lab chairs. Yeah. Now, one of us has the Titan and one of us has the Amiga, and the Amiga is the first generation chair that I bought. So it's probably like seven years old. This one. I think I think you're in the Titan. Yeah. Um, Titan's good. Uh, it's meant to be for slightly taller people. Right. Um, the the Amiga that I'm in is a bit shorter. It's nicer if you're going to swing your legs, though. When you these arrive, you have to assemble them. Yeah. However, there is a spring in them that keeps the that keeps the back of it um, laying down. Okay. So because you have to confine them in a small box, right? When you're shipping them. So when I opened this box. Um, it didn't have any sort of documentation on it that said, don't put your hand here. All right. I put my hand there and it whacked my wrist 
and broke my wrist. Holy shit, really? Yeah. And it swelled up so bad. And it's it's one of the only times that I've like yelled in pain. Yeah. Because it was so surprising too. So I'm 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 just taking this the bits out ready to assemble it, right? Yeah. I open the box, put my hand in, whack. Because nice trap style. The the they what they do is, you know, this is an adjustable back. Yeah. So it's meant to keep pressure. And it use, usually with the back on, the pressure is fine. But when it, the back isn't actually put on in the box, which means that it has nothing stopping it. And if mm. you put your hand in the wrong spot, it whacks it. And I complained. They ended up giving my me my whole chair for free. And then when I bought the chair number two, it had f- like four warnings on it. So on the outer of the box, big red X, do not do this. Yeah. When you open the box, there's a big piece of paper Red X, do not put your hand here. And then you look at it and there's a piece of foam around the bit that now whacks down as well. So it's like... So I wonder how many other people that must have happened to for them to really like double down on it. Yeah. I, like I'm not an idiot and it happened to me. Yeah. And I'm a fairly large guy too. You know, if somebody with thin wrists, it, it, it yeah. cracked. It really did. But look at they they made the adjustment and now I own two of these chairs. So. And this is like a professional gaming chair, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's meant to be a gaming chair, but so I, they'd be I like, "This is that. my mouse hand," you know. I'm threatening <laughs> my mouse hand here. Yeah. Would, would you? How do you rate the the chairs as as a chair? I don't think I've ever had a better chair. Really? Yeah. What makes these ones so good? I like the adjustability. They're a little on the firm side, but they're firm in the right places. And I find that if you're doing a long day, they're pretty good. I have um, at work, I have one of those office chairs that's, you know, $500. These yeah. are only about 700 by the way. So they're not that much more. Yeah. The $500 chair is very soft and cushiony and things like that. Yeah. But somehow at the end of the day, my back hurts. So... What is yeah, that telling me? It's funny. Like my my former boss has one of those fancy like six thousand dollar like plush chairs that's yeah. really soft and like I've never sat in it long enough to actually do any work in it. Mm. But um, I, when I sit down in this, I'm like, oh yeah, this is surprisingly firm. But it's like you say, like you can sit in for hours and not ever like get you know a sore ass or anything. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's a comfortable chair. No, I'd call it a productive chair. Uh, but yeah, it's and you like you're that. not relaxed. Like you're not, I wouldn't, it's not my first choice to sit in this to watch a movie, mm. but if I'm doing work at the computer, like I'd, I'd take this over, um, well, any of the other office chairs that I've had. Cause like, you're right. It is quite customizable. You've got this nice little pillow at the back. Um, they're quite similar to my car chairs too, in that they're leather, they're sort of pseudo leather covered. Yeah. Um, they're a little bit firm that I drive a Subaru. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, very firm too. And you notice that even though these are gaming chairs, I sort of get the more professional looking ones. So these are mm. all in black, black detailing, black stitching. So yeah, I, I've, I've never understood like the whole RGB fascination with gaming things. I don't either. I, I think. I don't, people I who want to customize their personality or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got some mood lighting, like you've got the LEDs across the back and you've got some, you know, lovely little 
uh, colored lamps and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't get the like. I've got rainbow lit lit up fan in my PC. Like, mm. why? What what does that like? I I just never really got it. I often see green, that sort of fluoro green or or lime. Yeah, green as a as a RGB a neon green kind of thing. They they always use green. Like green Black is Widow. quite a gross color to look at in terms of lead. I think it's the Matrix though, like because <laughs> green is the most uh, it's the most noticeable color because it's right in the middle of the color spectrum. Is that right? Yeah, and so we tend to know that's why traffic lights are green. We notice that color more than we notice anything else. Surely red would be. Red is. No, no, we don't notice. We notice green before we notice red. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you would know. (laughs) Yeah. No, Mister Teacher. Yeah. It's my nerdy self coming out again. I've got some uh, extra things we can do today. Okay. So besides just reviews, I've got a few extra things we can do. Yeah. I thought we could try reacting to something together. Oh. You up for doing a reaction? What do you want to react to? Or is it a secret? No, no, I've, I've, I've got it here. It's uh, a YouTube channel called Jubilee. Do you know what this is? Uh, it's like a biblical word. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. That. Look, it's it's sort of about social norms and it's sort of aimed towards young 20s, I think, people. Okay. And it. Uh, they've released a new episode where they rate men and women while they're standing in front of each other. Are you up for? I haven't now. I haven't seen it either. So this is going to be fresh for me. You up for doing? So a little- you. So they rate men and they rate the opposite gender, like as in terms of attraction or attractiveness. Yeah. Okay. In terms of attractiveness. So I've brought out the iPad. Can I make a prediction? Okay. They're, they're going to show clips of, like, uh, girls. No, no, no. They, they literally stand them in front yeah. of the – and then they put the headphones on the – Yeah, yeah. But they're going to – like, they'll be selective about the ones that they choose to put up on the, on the channel. And they'll show people that are like, I think I'm a 10, and then they'll have someone else say, oh, no, you're a 7 or you're a 6. And oh, then have them, actually, what? what are you talking about? I'm a 10. We have a choice of episodes here. We can choose women rank five men by attractiveness. Men rank five women by attractiveness. Or ranking women by attractiveness, five guys versus five girls. So maybe we should just start with one uh, nice, simple one. Okay. And I would look, my thought process was that we should do the men ranking women one. Okay. Because what I... What I I've seen a small clip from one of these, and in my opinion, it shows men being a bit vapid. <laughs> and I thought you and I, especially based on episode two, our Tinder dating, you know, why not deal with a men's issue where we can talk to guys and say, "Hey, that's not okay," or "That's super okay." I had a date the other day. Well, tell us about your date. Well, no, let's do this. We'll talk about the date after. Okay. I I think though you, you brought it up. Can I can I say though that yeah. I think that when you rate someone, mm-hmm. it's very different to when you rate someone in front of other people. In what way? So you can rate someone, 
But then if I was to rate someone in front of you, mm-hmm. I might rate them differently. I really don't like this rate is too close to to other bad words. Let's uh, judge. Should we use judge? I feel like judge is worse than rate. Uh, just, rate can be a compliment. Okay. Okay. Sure. Like I really rate her okay. or really rate that. Okay, cool. But, and, well, it is objectification. I mean, the whole thing is objectifying. That's right. Um, but... Um, like if say I'm doing like a uh you know like I've got a dating app open or something like that like a Tinder swipe yeah um I've got a friend that I know who is really shallow um and I think I know who you're speaking about I don't know I don't know uh, but if I'm if I've got the Tinder app open and I'm like swiping through people and he's there I'm way more like um. Well, it changes how I it changes how I swipe. Really? Yeah. I I'm so glad that I, I haven't had to really deal with the Tinder dating thing because it's soul destroying. I mean, it's, I I just it, but it also not not only is it soul destroying in the short term. Aren't we training people to judge people? You know, sometimes within a second. You know, judge people ex- exclusively on the way that they they look and take a photo, and we're just judging. One, two, three, you know, there's no getting to know people. I think it encourages the way people speak to each other isn't isn't quite right. Well, it's funny because um, what I used to do was mm. I would just swipe yes on everyone. Like just I wouldn't even look at them. I would just go yes, yes, yes. And then uh, when I got a match, that's when I'd bother to open the profile and look at it and say, do I really want to talk to this person? Because the women are going to be more selective than the men because there are way more men on there than women. Um, and so women sort of have the the pick of the pack. But these days, um, like with my, I don't know whether it's the the pictures I've got or the, the profile that I've made or whatever, but like I've got just like 99 plus people at all times. Like if all, all I have to do is like now I'm really selective. I'm I'd go into like pretty much each one. I'm like, do I want to match with her? Yes or no? And um I pretty much match with people straight away. Mm. Um but then matching and talking are two different things. So you can match with someone and then you know like you can say something and then they just might never reply. And that happens to me too. Like people match with me and I never initiate the conversation and usually it's because I'm already talking to like you know my max limit which I try to keep to about three because mm. I think any more than three and you're just not having a meaningful conversation so if I'm talking to three people I try not to swipe at all because it's a distraction from the people that you're talking to yeah but what will happen is you'll have a great conversation like or you'll you'll have a conversation with with someone and then you might not hear from them for a week you know then they'll come back and it's like well I've already talking to someone else now uh but you go back and so you you it's kind of a juggling act between who you're choosing to talk to at the time mm. and um you know you might be like okay well i'm going to move on from this conversation because they're not really going anywhere and i haven't heard from them in a couple of days to someone else but then they'll come back again and so now you've got a whole extra person there to talk about and so it is a real juggling act and you know people people drop off all the time like i've got heaps of people on there that have like I just haven't responded to because it's been too long now and it'd be like, it'd be weird to go back to that. But then I got like a text. So I spent New Year's with a, with a date and she sent me a text message like yesterday for the first time in, well, since New Year's. 
I'm like, oh, that's a bit strange. But I wrote back, I'm like, yeah, hey, how you doing? She's like, oh, I'm in Adelaide for like a couple of weeks. I'm like, so, so why, why are you messaging me then? I just said, oh, yeah, cool, great, have fun. But um, I don't really, like, I don't really know what that was about. But, um, yeah. I suppose it's nice that she was thinking of you. Well, it is nice. But you don't really have any interest in that. Have you ever I, Look, of- I want to be pun pals, not pen pals. <laughs> uh. With dating, can you just imagine what this is like from the perspective of somebody who lives in a country town? So we live in this cities. This is a country town. Yeah. Compared to what I was doing in London versus here. Still, there's there's 400,000 people nearby. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Right? There is, like, I've grown up in some towns that have two or 3,000 people. Okay? So you're talking about mm. an, a dating bracket of probably 100, 200 people. Can you just imagine what that's like on Tinder? I think you'd you'd care about age a lot less, wouldn't you? I don't know if you could even use t- Tinder, because Tinder is it well, encourages true. the you short wouldn't. term. The well, you say term. that like I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, there are loads of people on there looking for nothing to do with short term. And if you say I'm about like I'm looking for something short term, they're like oh, I'm not looking for short term. Um, but the but the platform itself pushes itself towards quick judgment. And quick conversation. Well, yeah. Yeah, but they all do. Even the ones that aren't aimed for like, you know, like Tinder's a hookup app, sure, but like you go to Plenty of Fish or you go to eHarmony or anything like that, they're all built in similar ways. Mm. I've actually got an idea for a new app. Okay. I call really it. say it on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. If you if someone makes it, just give me all a All the better. All right. But uh, yeah, it's called The One. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a modest title. With modest pretensions. And <laughs> this is a soulmate app. What you do is you do your swipey thing. Yep. But when you get a match, the swipey stuff goes away. And you can only talk to that one person and they can only talk to you. Which means that you're forced to have a conversation with a single person. Now For how long? Uh I don't know, twenty four hours. Okay. And um yeah, then then there's none of this like, oh, I'm talking to six other people and, you know, it's all superficial. I'm doing the juggling act. That all goes away and it's just, you know, it's an app. Tinder's not going anywhere. This isn't going to replace anything. But it's creating an environment where, you know, you're looking for something substantial and the other person you know is also looking for something substantial. And so you're going to give yourself time to really invest in someone. Um, otherwise, they just won't respond for 24 hours and then you move on. It's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's going to change the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I think we're going to look back on this time as uh, I, the golden age of Tinder. Now? Yeah. No, the golden age of Tinder was like, well, I don't know. It might have been, for me, the golden age of Tinder was when I was in my 20s. <laughs> but in the context of time, I don't think Tinder will stay around forever. I, I, think, I don't know. I think humans must must want to get away from that. Well, people use Instagram as a dating app now. Like, get into people's DMs and stuff. I don't do that. I barely use Instagram, to be honest. I suppose there's probably a lot more conversation starters because you have access to years' worth of photography. and and stuff, yeah. You can see where people have been. Hey, I noticed you went to Ibiza. (laughs) 
Ibiza. That's what I meant to say. Ibiza. Ibiza. Is that yeah. what they, the way they say it? Yeah. All right. Cool. You, let's you, let's ready to, rate um, some uh, videos. Why don't we rate? React. Sorry. Let's re- react. <laughs> react. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll put the iPad near the microphone so hopefully everyone can hear it and I'll just turn it and face you like this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a bit of a model sort of showing this off. Can I already say this looks like a terrible YouTube channel? Uh, It is. But each of these videos has 3 million views, so. Okay. There you go. How's everyone doing? Good. I know you guys just went through this, but how does it feel being on the other side? I hope they're not salty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They will be. You think they're going to be salty? Yes. 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 Obviously, this must be the second video in the series because right. the women must have already rated the men. I think style. I think moon shoes should go first. Moon, moon shoes. Moon shoes. I mean, it's just the tattoos and the freckles. Like, I'm a big tattoo guy, so. Okay, that's fair enough. Who's your, your first? <laughs> Straight off the bat, they've gone to shoes and tattoos. and freckles and tattoos. Yeah. What I'm seeing in this video is five women standing from five guys and nothing else in the room. I, I feel like, though, there's context that we're missing because for them to say we think they're salty, they've probably already been really harsh to the guys. And Do you think that context is important? Maybe we should I think it to is the women. Because I think, um, what are we doing watching this one? Yeah. We should be watching the other one. All right. for, the, for, them to, for them to expect that going in, it's like, okay, well, what's happened first? All right. We're going to watch Ranking Five Men. Okay, guys. I say the one that's in the middle. Unfortunately, he is fine. Top. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Hi. (laughs) Two two seconds. Yes. All the way. Do you think women often find you attractive? Uh, yeah. So why? Why did you put him for? I feel like I saw his smile. The smile was nice. He's tall. And he has like really nice hair, and he's tan. What are you looking for in a man? I think that's pretty interesting, because I think many. Women, if they were judging attractiveness, would probably go that go with that that sort of hierarchy. Yeah, but so, I don't think those reasons that they gave were legitimate. Like, <laughs> not all of them. Like, okay, so he's biracial, so he's not tan. He's like, um, yeah, but they they meant that's what they meant. They meant his skin is a nice tone. Um, yeah, 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 but it's not like he's you know going to the beach and stuff or anything like that. Sure, I I think he he looks like a bit of a bad boy too, though. Like that's the thing he does. That I think that yes that. That's probably more the attraction. Like, he's got the goatee kind of thing. They didn't mention that. Facial hair? Yeah. But what did they say? Let's look at just They said they he's said. tall. Tall. Okay. Women like tall men. They said he has a nice smile. Yeah, yes. Because he kind of smiled. That could just mean his teeth are in place. Yeah. And the hair was like- Nice he's hair. Got, he's got longish, like, hair. Look, we, everybody sort of knows that's the way that women tend to judge men's yeah. attractiveness. Nice smile. So- What's happening in the videos? They're sort of shuffling them left to right uh, yeah. and ranking them. And the the guys currently have on uh, earmuffs, yeah. So they so can't the hear can't what's hear being said. Why they're saying it? They're just telling them where to move. All right, now we're going to hear a little testimonial from one of the ladies here. Oh, and just before you start again, oh. he did say as well, like, do women often find you attractive? Like, no, no question. Like, yes, they do. I think confident, confident guys say that yeah if you're attractive you know that you're attractive but he he would get a lot of attention yes yeah because of those traits yeah absolutely yeah 
Um, definitely someone who's tall, taller than me, that's for sure. Definitely good teeth. Says a lot about personal hygiene. If it looks like you haven't brushed your hair in a day or two. Someone with bad hygiene, that's just immediately, you don't take care of yourself and I don't want to be near you. I like smiles, I like eyes and energy. Maybe like demeanor, like how they're standing. I think blue shirt needs to be second. Or I agree. Because his, his face is really symmetrical. Eyes. Yeah. I like you, the eyes, yeah. Second. This yeah. feels very much like Tinder, doesn't it? Okay, this one has personality. Yeah, he's like unbothered. I really like him. Look at his shirt, guys. Yeah. It's giving Shaggy from Scooby. I really like Look him. at the I chain, too. I think I got like a pretty nice face. Like my nose is really like, everyone says I got a cute nose. I like this dude. He's quiet and he's here. I'm bored out of yeah. my mind, I gotta say. I'm actually starting to vague out. The road here. I am the only short hair white guy so that's like gonna set me out of the group it's like oh the oh look vanilla ice cream right there i feel like we can leave them how they are yeah oh but then but he but wait, he's so cute this is hard because i feel like andros is so sweet like i just want to protect him like he yeah, looks like a baby that yeah. like i feel like i don't know okay let's try to switch this one and this one and see how that looks that's pretty interesting i so they've they've chosen the guy who's i would say cute but not necessarily the the most attractive guy in the group and they've put him last yeah and they're now their maternal instinct is trying to protect him from from feeling, feeling bad yeah. so now they're trying to move him up the rank because he's cute oh look not, at the because, cool not because they're attracted to him <laughs> because they don't want him to feel bad that's right yeah isn't that interesting yeah so maybe if this guy had that bit of a a glare on his face or stood a, d d demeanor was a little bit more bad boy like cute, the first cute guy. Isn't, cute isn't sexy, by the way. Like uh, if you if you feel like if people are calling you adorable, then you need to change your image. Yep. And he's not the shortest of the bunch either, I should say. No. Actually, um, number two looks to be the shortest. So the second guy, it, despite his... Uh, Lack of height, shall we say? He's he's still number two. So good news for uh, the short guys out there. You green shirt to the end. Let's see how that looks. And you switch. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Because style. Oh, that looks. Oh wait, wait, second. Wait, no, like no, that no, no, way. no, no, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, reverse. Yeah. No. Oh, you guys meant that oh, way. Oh yeah, I, I meant the reverse. Gotta say, these women are doing very well at, like, at communicating with each other, speaking to each other yeah, nicely. Yeah. How did you feel during the physical round? Oh, I loved it. I love when people are judging me. It made me feel good. Even though I wasn't at the top, it was just like, yeah, they get to look at me. It was honestly good for them. They got to look at me. Sarcasm, so attractive. Yeah. Can yes. everyone introduce themselves, name, and what you do? Yeah. Uh, I'm Kai, and I model. I'm Wes, I'm a student and model. I'm Andros, and I run a tech company. Is that an accent? Is that an accent? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think it is? I have no idea, but I like it. I'm Jack, I'm an actor and I coach volleyball. I'm Nick, I'm a painter and a, I make furniture. Cool. Oh, oh wow. Very cool. What are you looking for in a man personality-wise? Um, someone who's oh confident, God. just like someone who knows who they are. I'm very attracted to humor. Humor, that's 100%. I like someone who's funny and who can take a joke because like, I've had experiences with super serious men who just, they take everything personal. If I hear any sort of bragging or any sort of, I've got this, I made more than I don't want it, I already stopped listening. Someone who's cocky. Um, I think it's important to be confident, but 
it's very there's a very clear distinction. Yeah, there was a lot in that. There was quite a lot in that. Um, <laughs> How do you think did the lineup end up the way you thought it would visually? No. No, I would have put uh, the the dude with the shaggy long hair at the bottom, and I, that's what I would have expected. Mm. Uh, especially because he hasn't spoken yet. And so, like, he does have that real sort of sarcastic, uh, mm. you know, but I, I think a lot of that is armour. Uh, sure. I think it has to be at that point because I don't, like, sure, you know, he said he's got the cute nose thing, but I don't I don't think that he he's objectively attractive. Mm. But I think his personality would make him stand out in a way that would really work for him. Now, I would say that none of these guys are really unattractive. They're certainly well presented. They're in nice shirts. They look like they're ready to meet people. And you know what I think is really interesting about that? What? Is if we're at a club bar, out of all of those guys, it doesn't matter which one is the best looking. The only thing that matters is the one who goes up and talks to the girl. It's also, um, yeah, like the attractiveness is relative to each other. Like they're not scoring out of 10. They're scoring out of like who's the hottest, who's the ugliest. In my experience, it's always the person who makes the move that it works out for. People don't make the move anymore. What happens? You get done for sexual harassment. <laughs> but, like, he, he I'm just talking about going too dangerous. Sa- you reckon? Yeah. Do people not talk at bars and stuff? There anymore? have been so many times when I've seen someone that I think is gorgeous and, like, you know, they're serving me, like, they could be serving me somewhere. I could have seen them somewhere. That's, that's different. They're, they're at work. Yeah. yeah. You can't – you have to be – I do think that guys often make this mistake, not saying that you would now, but uh, in general, guys, I think, have made this mistake in the past where when a woman is working, they uh, they think that they have some sort of shot or something. Yeah, but it, I think it's different, though, when they're, like, they start talking to you, like, in a non-work capacity. Like, you know, they they sort of, like... Start up the conversation. So you know, I how how you going? Like, what have you been up to? What are you what are you doing today? And like, yeah, I, but a, a let's say a bartender would yeah. probably ask. Well, them yeah, bartender is a, different. I'd never even ask a restaurant a anyway. Uh, like maitre d or or a server would probably both ask those sorts of questions. Yeah. Um, okay, so was aware like the bank teller? <laughs> Do you think that? Well, I I had this happen at the bakery. Bakery. Uh, yeah. Oh, how are you going? And I like it. And we had a proper conversation and, you know, um, like, uh, I don't know, and talk about the weather and what what are you going to do after work and like. Um, got to be careful with that yeah. question. Well, you know, it was strictly, plat- like, this is the thing though. Like, I, it was strictly platonic yeah. because I just wouldn't even bother. Like, it's not the, you don't do that. But like, you know, 10 years ago, I probably would But we did. That's the thing. I, yeah. re- I remember... I remember in in those days having like asking girls out that I just talked to in a store and stuff like that. Yeah, it's always scary as the guy, but you just have to do it. I, I it, I'm better at doing it. Like I wouldn't ask out someone at the supermarket that I saw. Like if I saw a girl at the supermarket, and I thought, oh, she's cute. I wouldn't say, hey. You know, I never asked out a girl at the supermarket, but I was asked out by a girl at the supermarket. I worked at the supermarket. Oh, um, asking out at work. Yeah, and uh, I think she'd come in. This would have been her second time. She also knew somebody else who worked in the Nightville yeah. area. So this is probably my early 20s or late teens. 
And uh, the girl asked me, yeah. I used to get asked out a lot when I, I used to work at a petrol station. Yeah. And um, I'd get asked out there a bit. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Big truckers come in. Uh, Jake, you're looking good, mate. Actually, <sighs> I did get hit on by a few men. Yeah? Because I was young. Like, I was this, like, I was about 18, 19 at the time, and I, yeah. I was adorable at that age. Uh, <laughs> and and there was something about- You're still adorable, mate. <laughs> oh. Um, but I, I can remember one guy came in, and uh, I was just being friendly, and I said, oh, yeah, you know- um, whatever, and did the transaction. And then he came back in, uh, like he left, and then he came back in like a minute later. I'm like, oh, hey. And he's like, no, no, don't say anything. I just wanted to give you this. And he, it was a bit of paper with his number on it. And on the back was a picture of a champagne bottle exploding out like champagne everywhere. <laughs> and he's like ripped it out of a magazine for that purpose. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, thanks. <laughs> So awkward. Yeah. And I, uh, mm. but no, I, I had some good, like I was with a partner at the time, but someone came in and said, um, uh, what did she say? I think it was like, I was working at Hungry Jack's mm. and they just said, I'll have a burger and a boyfriend. Thanks. And I said, oh, I'm afraid I'm fresh out of those. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was yeah. fine. <laughs> That's when you call out the, the ugliest person in the whole workplace. I went to. I went hey, to, Jimmy! <laughs> Jimmy comes out looking like you know. I I went to KFC dirty. once, yeah, um, and like there were two girls. Like this was in a real bogan area as well. It was um, uh-huh. Bridgewater KFC. Bridgewater. Mm. And I I went up to the counter and there's two girls there and they're like they're young. They're not teenagers, mm. but uh, they were you know. This was like when I was in my twenties. They would have been in their early twenties, and I just said, "Oh, what's good? Like, what do you recommend?" And one of them was like, "I really like the the Zinger Burger," and the other one's like, "I really like the Tower Burger." And I said, "Oh, well, look, they both sound great, but I think I'm going to go with the Zinger." And the other one went, "Goes, well, fuck you then," <laughs> and stormed off out the back. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I got a really good Zinger burger. <laughs> you yeah. could have pleased them both by getting a ta- uh, a Zinger each, in a tower. I should have. I didn't, uh, can you ta- do that? Is that a thing? Just stack them to make them higher. Yeah. That would work, right? Next time. <laughs> Next time. What were you thinking? Next time. <laughs> I had a, I remember when we used to go like laser tagging, and I hit on the girl that worked there, and that that led to something. <laughs> like you know, you you used to be able to hit on like it was different then when it was um. The, I think it's slightly different. Laser tag is probably a job that you're you're only doing temporarily for a few years or something yeah. like that, and probably casual as well. Yeah. So it's a lesser, you know, less awkward. That person's probably out for a little, looking for a bit of fun, and they probably meet lots of people. So I, you know, I think, I think out of the jobs, you know, hitting on the laser yeah. tag is not bad. I don't know. I just, like, I wouldn't even do that now. Yeah. And you could say, well, I'm that bit older, like, I shouldn't be hitting on so, someone that works at Laser Tag anyway. Wait a second. Does, does Tinder use location services where you can just leave and then they come up on your Tinder thing when you leave? Does their picture come up based on the fact that your your phones were close together? Yeah. So there's a chance that you could just leave, check your phone, and voila, she's there. Who? The Laser Tag lady. Oh, it's not that localized. Like it, you know. I think the lowest you can set is a one mile radius. 
So yeah, it could happen, particularly here where it's a low thing. Assuming that it's not—it's not like Facebook where the the phones they they use location services to such a point that they can work out you're in the same room. No, I wouldn't do that. And then you usually like I have it set to like a I don't know twenty kilometer 50 kilometer radius something like that mm. and then it'll only show you people in that area but then if i go like to launceston it'll start showing me people in launceston but then when i come back it'll only show me local people again whereas there are other apps that will um remember where you've been and constantly show you people from all over mm. and so like i was using hinge when i first got back to uh, tasmania but i was using that in london and, like, I started getting a heap of matches from people, but they were still in London. And I thought, uh, well, you, you look great, but I'm on the other side of the world. Sorry. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I had a little bit of reflux just then. Oh. I drank some wine. I don't often drink wine. I hate wine. I had some sav last night. We had the uh, the in-laws over. And I quite, I don't mind wine, yeah. but I'm allergic to like so many things. I could just feel it in my throat, not feeling good. And then the entire night, I was starting to get a bit, oh, this doesn't feel good. Mm. And it's still in my throat. I can feel it. I guess the world is telling me don't drink alcohol. Well, have you? I mean, have you tried spirits? Yes, I'm. I'm allergic to. I'm allergic to beer and cider. Yeah. Um, you used to always drink cider. I know. I've gotten progressively more allergic to things as I've gotten older. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. I don't really. Dating. I didn't really get that you could get allergic to things. I thought that you started off allergic, uh, and then you found out as you aged what you were allergic to or not. No, you can get allergic to things. You can de- develop, you know, people can develop deadly peanut allergies Yeah, right. over time. See, that's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. How does that happen? Magic. Um, yeah, magic. Somebody puts a curse on you with a voodoo doll. <laughs> the, I've actually heard about the, there's a tick in the Americas. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the Americas. I could be wrong on that. But there's okay. a tick. Okay. And if it bites you, you get an allergy to meat. Ooh, I've heard about this one too. Yeah. That's like a really scary thing. vegan tick. It's yeah. pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. God, you wouldn't want that, would I'm you? I'm a total carnivore. Yeah. Every meal I have has meat in it. Well, every meal that I have that doesn't have meat in it, I wish it had meat in it. <laughs> I often like look at it thinking, mm, uh, could you just imagine if this um, faux hot dog was real? I cooked the best steak the other day. What did you do? Did you do a sous vide? I did it sous vide. <sighs> Did have, it you, have you already got a sous vide machine back here? You haven't even been in Hobart that long. I brought it back with me from London. Oh, thank God. Um, and so, I, and how did you finish it after sous vide? So I've got a cast iron skillet. Oh, frying cast pan. iron. Did yep. you do butter? Gas stove. Did you um, do butter pour over? I, well, first I, I uh, mixed garlic with the butter. So I made garlic butter. Mm. And then um, I got the skillet really hot. So like I had the... Uh, the steak was cooked sous vide style. Yeah. Um, pat it dry. Mm-hmm. I had it seasoned first with garlic powder, salt, and pepper. Yeah. Um, so when I've when I've taken it out of that, I've got it really dry. Um, I've put a, a little bit of oil in the pan, um, 
and if you're you, if you're doing this with a with a pan, you've got to use like vegetable oil or sunflower oil. Like I, I just naturally closed my eyes as I listened to this story, and it's got to be something with a high smoking point. Mm-hmm. And then a bit of oil in there, mm-hmm. and then I put the butter in, and the oil helps the butter to not burn. Yep. And then while it's searing, so I let it sear for a couple of seconds. Then I get it like I get the spoon and I start. And did you do this medium basic. rare? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be medium rare. And what sort of cut of meat did you use? Scotch. Scotch fillet. New York strip, I think is what they call it elsewhere, isn't it? Is it? I think so. I could be wrong on that. I've always called it scotch. Mm. Uh, and it's oh, it was so good. It had a beautiful crust, beautifully cooked on the inside, nice and moist. Mate, you got to cook that for me. Cause and I, I had it with some asparagus. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Asparagus and broccolini, very underrated. I, I prefer broccolini. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a really nice, wonderful, yummy thing. Yeah. So, if I had a bit more time, I would have made like a Diane sauce or something. I haven't cooked anything fancy here, obviously. I'll cook you a steak. You cook me a steak? Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Do you do, you do sous vide cooking as well? No. I suppose you, you're, you're very limited, aren't you? Because your household is vegan. That's right. Yeah. Household's vegan. I'm not vegan. I love meat. But I try to be pretty respectful around the house. She generally doesn't mind if I cook meaty food. But I just have to be a bit sensitive about it because nobody else is going to eat it as yeah. well. I Generally, I'll make sandwiches and stuff like that. But I won't be frying up a, a, a chicken or a steak or something yeah. in, in the um, kitchen. It does... I tell you, it does make cleaning a little bit easier because you're not too worried about cross-contamination with stuff because yeah. everything's vegetable-based. But honestly, there's nothing that's vegan that's tastier than the than the meat version. No, no, it's just mm. pretend. Mm. Do you know Corner Boys? Have you been there yet? No. So there's a, there's a fried chicken restaurant called Rude Boy in Hobart. Okay. It's, it does chicken and cocktails. Delicious. And you choose your spice and your sauce. There's a sort of takeaway version of it that has better opening hours. Okay. It's something like, I think it's 10 till 10 every day. And it's where budgie smugglers used to be. So right in the center of town. Yeah. And they've got a 30% discount on Uber Eats. Yeah. Until March. Corner boys, mate. Delicious. You've just reminded me. I was playing around with a new AI prompt generator thing. Yep. And I think it, it's called punchline.ai. And what you do is you, you start typing in like a joke and it will create a punchline for you for the joke. Because um, the reason why I thought of it is because I, I made a vegan joke the other day and I'm just like, oh, what will it do with like a vegan thing? Um I was just looking it up on my phone, but it looks different to the one that I used. But it made up a really funny vegan joke, and I just wanted to say it, but I can't remember it now. Speaking of jokes, I made up a joke for my partner yesterday. Oh, yeah. Here's the joke. Are you ready? Yep. What did the sexy duck say to the other sexy duck? Quack. Quack. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. I think it's a good joke. It's a great joke. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't made anything up like that. 
so good. I made up a joke when I was in Amsterdam and I was very heavily under the influence of things. <laughs> yes. And I made up a joke that I thought was hilarious. It better be. Let, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. What do you call two elephants and a giraffe? What? I don't know. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Doesn't have a name. Oh. Uh, I was pissing myself and I was telling these people, I was with these people, we were all absolutely pissing ourselves. And like when I like, you know, thought about it the next day, I'm like, that really wasn't very funny. But at the time it was. You, you could, <laughs> I can only think of terrible, terrible things to call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A big meal. We walked past, <laughs> we walked place, past a um, building that said hotel school. Yeah. I said, you see that? That's where you go to learn how to become a hotel. <laughs> and again, we were pissing ourselves. Oh, everything's funny. <sighs> we're under the influence. Everything's funny. Mm. And the person I was with, I was with my partner at the time. Yeah. She got really quiet. And so I was st- starting to get worried because it's her first time. Like we were doing the brownies and um, she got really, really quiet. I'm like, oh, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. But it was like really forced, more forced than me talking into a microphone. It was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, what, what, what are you feeling? And she said, I'm just really aware of the ball of my foot. <laughs> I'm like, right, I, do you want to sit down? Did some LSD or something? No, well, it was just the, the brownies. And I, I said, oh, are you okay? Do you want to sit down? She's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm just aware of it. I'm like, does it hurt? She's like, no, no, I'm just aware. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, like we and walked another... And then she fell through the ball of her foot into Ooh. a mystical wasteland. We walked another 100 metres. Surrounded meters. by giant <laughs> unicorn men. It wasn't anything like that. No. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, she just got aware of it. You ready to do some reviews? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Have you got anything you want to review? Um, uh, no. I've got, I'm going to start with a movie. Okay, go. I don't go. know if you've seen it. I haven't. Yep, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I just know that I haven't seen it. Whatever movie you've seen, I haven't seen. Disconnect. I think it's 2012 or 2013. Okay. It's a m- sort of a series of inter- interconnected stories, mainly focused around fathers and sons, sons who are in school. Okay. And the relationship between them. And it is terribly, terribly depressing. I was feeling uh, a, a whole range of things, and it, it's got hard themes too, like suicide. Um, yeah, I'll tell you one of the stories and see how you go with this. Okay, jeez. Yeah, this is a this is something you, as a teacher you really understand. Yeah, a kid's walking through uh, past another couple of kids in the mall, and those kids he looks at them the wrong way. He didn't mean to. He just looked over in their direction, and they're like. What's your problem, man? You know, have, have a go at him. So to get to annoy this kid, they create a – he doesn't seem to have any friends. So they create a fake girl and go and message him on social media. Right. And they start, you know, flirting with the, with the kid and this kid thinks he has a friend. And they talk to him for months just like trying to, you know, hear about his life. And one of the guys actually seems to be – you know, actually enjoying the conversation. But eventually, 
they they start flirting with him just to see what he'll do. And then they send him a picture of another girl's uh, private parts. They just Googled one. Yeah. And then they sent that through to him and said, where's yours? So that kid sends a picture of his private parts, except includes his face. Oh. Back to them. Yeah. And anyone who knows this is if you're ever going to send a picture of your private parts to someone, make sure your face isn't in it. But Girls just as a rule, don't do it. Just Nobody do likes it. them. Nobody likes them. Um, anyway. Yeah. So what do the kids do? They send the picture to, to everyone, everyone in their school. Yeah. The kid hangs himself in his room. Mm. Okay. That's rough. Yeah. And what's worse is that they present both sets of kids as just normal kids. You know, the morality of children is that they often don't, um, they don't see things in... Consequence of their actions. Yeah. So it's really hard to judge them morally. And the, the movie presents that ambiguity where you like both sets of kids and you actually feel sorry for the ones who did it as well. This this is so common, mm. and as a like working as a teacher, this has happened at every school I've been at. I mean, it hasn't necessarily led to uh, you know someone taking their own life. It's just a thing that happens. This is a part of being a kid in the twenty first century. Like you're you're at risk of being exposed in this way. And I've I've seen uh, like even going back ten years ago when I was first teaching, and like you know it wasn't as easy to send something out to the like the whole school digitally. Mm. I was working at a school where a girl in year nine like had a picture of like a explicit picture that was printed out and disseminated across the the like it someone went in overnight and put these pictures up everywhere and the groundsman came in the next day and found it and like had to go and try to take them all down before the kids got there uh, and it like in in London you'd, you'd have similar things I had a um, Jeez, I don't know. Like, I've, I've there's been worse than that. Let's just put it that way. And you know, you're dealing with the fallout from kids that have, uh, you know, feel like their life is over because this, you know, horribly embarrassing and humiliating thing has happened to them. Mm. And um, you know, kids deal with that at varying degrees. But honestly, it just comes down to the kids that did it. Just that, like you say, they're kids. They didn't understand that what they did was as dire as they thought it was. And I guess what's really happening at at its core is you have people with, young people have a natural curiosity of the body and they now have a tool that can help them do stuff with that. And that's not a good thing because in my day, I'm 37, phones just were getting, you know, black and white, um, 360 pixel cameras when I was leaving mm. school and now they have everyone's taken photos all the time you wouldn't even need to send a photo of someone to, to like, be honest a guy could take a photo of you while you're getting changed after gym mm. and that would be enough yeah um to be honest I, I think a bigger problem for for kids at the because training around it is actually pretty good like what you hear is the isolated cases but unfortunately it's the isolated cases that matter but the bigger pandemic for, for kids in schools at the moment, for particularly for young boys in schools, is porn addiction. And the effect I think that it has on 
their attitude towards dating relationships. Like send nudes is a really like it's become a really common question. Like uh, or request, you know, like I'd are we boyfriend girlfriend? I should get to see a picture of you naked now. And you know they know not to put their face in it. Like that's that's become more of a thing. But um, you know, like kids are having sex at young ages and doing all like I, I've known kids that have been doing all sorts of crazy things. Um, mm. So that's what the movie deals with. Yeah, it's uh, it's tragic. And I kept thinking as I was watching it, my son's four. Yeah. And I kept thinking, is my son the kid who did this to someone else or is my kid the kid who's potentially suicidal? Or neither. Happening? You know what? No, I don't think that's that's the case. I mean, you know how hard it is to avoid not being seen nude by your classmates? Like, I must have been, I must have been seen a lot. I mean, we nude we by your classmates. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think we, I've ever seen nude a, by my. We're at a school that uh, you would you generally shower after PA. Yeah. PE. So to all the guys. Oh would yeah, see I suppose. Each other. Yeah. The guys that see each other. I remember in year nine, as well. Um, year nine. What's that? That's fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we all measured our penises on the blackboard <laughs> against the blackboard in one of our classes. Yeah. And I remember the girls came in like. Uh, like before, this was before homeroom, so this would have been early in the day, and all of our penises are drawn on the <laughs> on the board. Oh God! So you know, and then like there are times. Obviously, there's the the urinals. There's um, uh, I had a party at my house at one point, and people just came in while I was showering. They just broke into the thing, and then everybody watched me shower. So. I, I I would say in my life, <laughs> hundreds of people have seen me naked, and I'm just lucky that cameras weren't as prevalent as they were. Yeah. Then. Um, no, I like I, I was struggling to think of context, but then I when you say like, you know, the change rooms at school, yeah, particularly yeah. after like swimming or something as well, like yeah, see everyone then. Um, and the first thing people do when after they've had to put down their phone for an hour for a class. Yeah, is go pick up their phone. So yeah. they've already got their phones in their hands as they're heading into places like that. Yeah, it just takes one asshole in a class. Um, I tell you, this this is an interesting story. I do like telling this story. Okay. Um, we had one guy. I don't know what we we call these people now. Um, but he was he was somewhat. Oh Jesus! Here I go. Mentally different, shall we say? Neurodivergent. Now, he he was much taller than the rest of our class, um, okay. possibly because they have to. They probably took him back a grade initially, and they they probably started him at school a bit later. Yeah. And when he got changed with us, he had the biggest penis in our class by far. He had a monster. Okay. Right. And you should have seen the first gym class. I think this was a be it would be year nine. We're all getting changed, and the the conversation just died when because <laughs> this guy had no problem with nudity. So that that happened, and just this one guy being really comfortable with being nude, and the fact that he was it didn't matter. He was bigger than everyone. I think that actually helped our class be pretty comfortable with that stuff. But the, the story goes on. Okay. 
later in life, um, I dated his sister. And I didn't realize this, but the the entire family is very nude, comfortable. Right. And her dad, who is no joke, seven foot, right? Yeah. And huge, is just like in the mornings, I woke up at their house and no joke, the entire family is walking around nude. So you're talking mum, dad, uh, the kids, and I'm the only one wearing, you know, tight whites far out. And uh, and they're all like, <laughs> oh, my God, what a family. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen? I've never seen so much nudity and it's everywhere while they're while they're cooking and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> it's just so alien from anything I had growing up. And once you've seen it, it's uh, and the expectation that I also should be nude because everybody else is nude. And yeah, I can't compete with that. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember I, I uh, went to a girl's house when I was about 17, I think, and she would kiss her dad on the lips. Yeah. And I found that really creepy. Yeah. Um, and then I told, like, I went back and told my dad and my uncle, like, I went over to this girl's house. And they they said, stay away from her dad. Mm. And they're like, no, we we know about him. I'm like, oh, shit. Really? Yeah. And it, it became a thing. And then, mm. so I, I stopped going over there. But then I, I remember I heard a story about a, another kid who went over and he said, I just had the weirdest night because we're all really, we got really drunk and went to bed and then I woke up and her dad was in bed with me. What? And yeah. He'd come and got into bed with one of the teenage boys. Um, Would he get kicked out of his room? He just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And got up and got out and like, because uh, the dad was drinking as well. And so he'd like, I think they just put it down to like, uh, that was a weird thing to do when you're drunk. This family also had, you know, considering how liberal they were with nudity, they yep. also had another rule that was quite strange. So I would be nineteen or twenty here. So we're not we're not kids. Yeah. Um. Still, a a daughter living at home, you don't know what the rules are going to be about staying over. Yeah. They were all right with me staying over, but they had Christian neighbors that went to the same church as them. So I had to park my car on a different street and then I had to sort so of sneak so the neighbours wouldn't know that my car was there the whole time. Wow. So that was always interesting, parking your car on a different road and then and then trying to sneak back into the house. So I wasn't there in the morning. Mm. Yeah. So there's that. Hmm. I never had to sneak into it. Oh, no, I did sneak into <laughs> did sneak into houses every now and then, mm. um, but never because the parents needed me to hide from their neighbours. Actually, she had a younger sister too, and um, this is a bit more awkward because her sister would have been fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. So generally, you don't see nudity of a fourteen or fifteen year old. No. Nah. Um, and there was a 14 or 15-year-old in their house, and she was also flirty. Uh. And it was one of those things uh, where it 
that's not fun at all. You absolutely try to keep your distance. You don't yeah. try, you try to not be in the same room as that person. You make sure you're never alone with that person, all of that stuff. But you also have to, oh, God, it's just one of those things that you, you've got to be so careful. Yeah, this that. is starting to feel a bit more like report-worthy kind of. <laughs> I don't know, though. Like every family's different. And um, yeah. it, it's funny, like I remember um, when I was a teenager, my younger sister had a friend and this friend was like a good three, four years younger than me. And I would have been about, I don't know, 18 at the time, 17, uh, late teens, and she would have been early teens. And she was like incredibly flirty and I'd say sexual as well. Like she, like she'd full on, like I'd be on the couch and she'd full on come in and like, like try to lay hand on my shoulder, put her hand on my lap. And like, Mm. I'm just like, can you just fucking leave me alone, please go play with your friend. (laughs) Uh, And at the time, like, I just found it like annoying because I mean, um, she was just my sister's friend and I didn't, you know, think anything by it. Like I thought, oh, this is a bit weird. But at the time, like, um, I just put it down to, oh, you know, you got a friend that is into that kind of stuff, you know, who are you hanging out with? But looking back on it, I, you know, like with a teacher mind, you think there's very likely abuse going on in that child, like that child's life mm. that has gone unreported and has probably messed her up in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you, like as a kid, again, you you see it differently because, you know, all kids are kind of somewhat sexual in a way. Like, you know, I'm totally like the way they think seeing and see partners the world. And, yeah, yeah, the way you think and see the world. But um, And all of that is always hidden from your parents. You don't really, you know, I mm. certainly never talked about girls that I was seeing with my parents or anything like that. It's always sort of done like behind closed doors. Like I'm sure they were aware that I was, they were aware that I was, you know, sleeping with girls and stuff, but um, certainly never tell them that. Mm. Um, and so when there's a younger girl who's clearly doing this kind of stuff, you just think, oh, yeah, well, that's just what she's doing. Um, but when you look on it, at it from like an adult perspective, you think, well, why are you doing it that young? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge. It's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. God, we sound like adults, though, don't we? We are adults. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm glad those those uh, that's become all distant memories. Anyway, that movie yeah. did bring it back. I'm going right. to go five stars with this movie. The is it re- worth a watch? I really think so. I wait, I wait. I like to I like it for a couple of reasons, but one is that I like scripts that have no. No big special effects. That's a true drama. It's just people interacting and you're almost watching them crash into each other just in the course of life. I like that it has good actors. I think they, they, even the young kids do a really good job. And it's it's pointed in a way really at at men relationships. Yeah. Um, and, inter- and how online plays a part of that yep. in the early days of online. So I would go, I, I think that's top notch. You can't beat it. Five out of five. Five out of five. Yeah. I um. I watched a movie. And okay. this movie is called The Whale, which has <gasps> Brendan Fraser. 
who did an incredible job in the role. Mm. Um, and I think the girl is the girl from Stranger Things. I think she's in Stranger Things. Yeah. She's the redhead. Um, and she did a great job in it too. Um, in fact, every every character in the movie did a pretty good job, I'd say. And there aren't many characters. It's no, almost presented like a play. Yeah. Um, and I watched it. I, I watched it with my mother. And oh my god! I I shouldn't have. I didn't realize just how much it was going to grab me by the heartstrings. But um, so my my father passed away like a few years back, probably um, just over three four years ago now. And um, so I'm watching this movie with my mom, and this is very much a story about a man who is like terminal and keeps that to himself, but wants to create a relationship with a daughter that he hasn't been there for. Mm. Um, and Severely estranged. You know, daughter. there's 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 reasons for that. Like mm. it isn't that he's like a deadbeat dad. It's just, you know, things have come up that have taken him away from that relationship. Um, and, yeah, it it's very much like he just, like he wants to rekindle something just so that he knows that she's going to be okay without him even though he hasn't really been there. He just needs to know. And it's against the advice of, you know, anyone close to him in his life, uh, like he's got a nurse that's looking after him and she thinks it's a terrible idea. And, um, you know, like the the mother of the daughter who he doesn't, he's not on speaking terms with, has to get involved as well. And um, it, it it's sort of like they have to have a, like they have to reconcile a few unresolved issues themselves and, the whole movie is like you know that it's it's an impending you know event it's just it deals with that and i watched the movie and like there were moments in the movie that i was like getting like really teary and stuff but i kept it to get like i wasn't crying through the movie or anything but i was like it was welling up and then at the end of the movie i was struggling like when the movie, when the final credits are coming up, I know I was like, look, I can't, I can't even talk right now. Like I, I can feel I'm on the cusp. If I try to even open my mouth, it's just going to come out. Mm. And my mum turns to me and says, "So, do you feel like your dad left you in that way?" Jesus. And she wanted to have like some kind of deep and meaningful conversation about you know my dad. And I just got up and left the room. I could I didn't even I couldn't even say let's talk about this later I couldn't even look at her. I just got up and left and I went into my room and I just absolutely bawled my eyes out like I was so upset. And uh I just like I don't know, I don't know what I did to calm myself down. I think I had to put on YouTube or something and just chill and I just stayed in bed for like 2 hours. Uh and it's the middle of the day like we watched it in the morning. And uh I went back to bed. <laughs> and um I, I love that feeling though when when you really emotionally connect with a piece of media like that and it, it, to be honest I I like those movies so much disconnect I was I was I was really starting to feel the idea of yeah you know a son my son relationship and the stuff I'm gonna go through yeah uh, the it makes me in relation to video games have a trouble with some of the sort of teenage mentality of video games the the shooties and the colorfulness and all of that i felt like last night 
all I wanted to play was something like The Last of Us 2 that had some emotional core to it. Right. Because all I wanted to feel after that was an emotional core. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been playing through Final Fantasy X. Oh, yeah, which is great. definitely telling my age now because it, that came out in like 2001 or something. And I I didn't play through it when it first came out, but I played through it when I was a teenager. And even then I cried at the ending. I thought, this is such a beautiful story. Um, and I'm playing through it again. And I, I just get like, it's, it's all like, it's part nostalgia and just part, like, it's just such a good telling of that kind of story. Uh, and it's done in such a good way. And the characters are so, uh, there's such a depth to them and they're all you know they follow those sort of stereotypes like the the brotherly friend and you know the like jaded older guy and the the gothic you know angry at the world chick and it's got all that but um but the way they interact with each other and the way that you coming in to the story um with a main character who's not uh a local to the universe as well. Mm. Um, so you discover things as he does, and it's a really, really powerful way of storytelling. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoy it when, um, you know, you're on that path of discovery and you learn the things along with the character <laughs> instead of that sort of like dramatic irony where you're aware of things but the character doesn't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I... Do you know that it's only a few more days till they release the PS5 version of The Last of Us Part 2? I never played it. Yeah. I know that you haven't played it and I am I think I'm ready for that game again. I hadn't played it since I first played it. I I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. Do it with you. I'd ever seen. Well, it's it's long. It's like I think it's 35 hours. We did the first one though, didn't we? But I think the first game's nearly half the length. All oh, right. Like the the Last of Us Part Two does, if anything, it goes on. The story, though, the reason that it goes on is very important to it in to, in terms of the feeling that you get with it, because it's a, it it, the the sense of time, is what makes it a bit potent. And I'm not sure it's going to work very well when they eventually do it in the TV form, because you need to feel those relationships over time, and and really see it play out i'd love to have a go with you but i also think i'd love to do it myself because it's so strong yeah but yes yes happy to do it with you do you think when they bring out the next series of the tv show they will follow last of us part two or do you think they will i hope not continue the story i think they need to continue the story uh, yeah there's lots of time between the games so like there's no reason they couldn't explore something else yeah um just so i know you're at what star rating are you going for Oh, it would have to be. The Whale, Brendan Fraser, what are we going? <sighs> I think it has to be a five. You can't. I honestly, you can you can critique it, but honestly, I don't think you can make things that good yeah. without without just saying. Something so it, emotionally engaging. It's got to it's gotta be some form of perfection. It's some sort of masterpiece. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. Disconnect uh, is good. It's not quite the whale in terms of its um, – and the cinematography and stuff like that in the whale too. Love that. I love it's that. funny it's talking beautiful. about like movies that give you that emotional connection though because like I went to see uh, a movie with my like my brother and his partner and my partner and um, we, we went on this big thing to go see and the movie was Toy Story 3. 
Oh, great movie. Now, I cried in that. Yeah. There were two moments that I cried in it that. It melts you. And, like, I'm looking, my brother's crying as well, and uh, my partner's crying, but his partner was total robot through the film. And at the end, she's like, don't know what's wrong with you lot. Like, what do you mean? It's a cartoon. Why are you crying at a cartoon? Oh, my God. And I'm just like, dude, you're, you're missing the point. Like, this is a story. You've got to get engrossed in the in the storytelling and stuff. And uh, what about when they first did, like, we'd never seen anything like it, the first bit of Up. <laughs> you know what the I mean? five-minute movie that's we like- We hadn't seen anything like that mm. when it came out. And, you know, now Rick and Morty uses it as a as like a, a piece of stock. Yeah. But um but yeah, that that first time you see a story play out with nostalgia across the length of a life, it's it's very poignant. They're masters, Pixar. They're absolute masters. They did it first, I think. Yeah. And did it brilliantly. Yeah, good times. All right, five stars. Great. Great. Now I, I have a few other things to review. Let me just grab my notes. Oh, okay. Because I have enjoyed some other things. Um, <laughs> I went to... Uh, do, do you remember in the ep- first episode, we talked about what games we were playing and I was playing Power Wash Simulator? Yeah. Okay, so I beat the career mode. Right. And guess what happened to the trophy at the end of the career mode? It glitched. It glitched. Oh. So I'm like, is this going to pop? No, and then I, I went. Oh, maybe I just need to rewatch the credits. So I put the credits back on. No. Then I stopped the game. I restarted it. No. Uh oh. Uh oh. I was devastated, mate. Devastated. Have, have you googled it? Like anyone uh, else having the issue? No, I haven't. I haven't yet. But it's definitely. It was meant to pop at the end of the career mode and when you roll credits meant to pop right at the beginning of the credits i did google when it was meant to pop yeah and yeah that's when it was meant to pop it's like they listened and decided to spite you well that's it (laughs) that's what it feels like um (laughs) i'm playing a game actually okay so i don't have my playstation anymore um but i do have a Nintendo Switch. Okay. And I'm playing a game called Mario Brothers Wonder. And I bet you're loving it. It's fun. I I mean, I'm only playing it very casually. Like, I'll do a level here or there when I can be bothered. Wait, are you not... You don't sound over the moon. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It, I I'm mean, told this is a near-perfect 2D platformer. I'm sure it is. But um, you you seem only vaguely interested. No, no, it's fun. It's fun. I, I like it. Yeah, you saying it's fun doesn't actually make it sound great. Is this a four star? Um, oh, it doesn't even sound four star. No, I'd say I'd say it's probably a four star. Oh, I like. I haven't played it like when I say like I've been playing it. I've probably played like twenty five minutes of it. Okay, uh, and I like. Yeah, it's it's quite enjoyable like they've got these little things in there like it's mario you know mario's been out for however long this yep. is just more mario uh-huh. um but they've done this cool little thing and it's more of a quirky thing than it is like a they call it a mechanic and you go in and you you find the little magical wonder seed thing and then it makes the world become wonderful and 
there's been some nice little surprises in there. Like they had a one, like there's a bull rush one where like you grab it and then all of a sudden like bulls are just chasing you. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, freaking out. And um, But then on a different level, you grab it and like out of all the pipes in the level come little piranhas. But they start singing and it's like a little theatre performance that the piranhas do as you play the level. And it's like you've never seen that in a Mario game before and that's quite fun because like the music is going and then like, you know, they're all walking along and they like turn to look at the the screen and start singing and then they'll go down the pipe and stuff and that's quite fun. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad it's a fun game. I Yeah. I've got to say the best Mario experiences I've ever had were with you and um, playing five-player on the Wii U. With the Wii U. Oh, my God. It was just horrific. With that God mode. like So on the Wii U, Mario, uh, you could, like, they had the little, uh, one of the control, like the controller that comes with the game is, like, a touch screen Mm. controller. Yeah. And only one person can use that. And then the other people all use, like, the, the Wii controller things. Like, they're just regular controllers. And so the way that the game works is that the people with the regular controllers control four Mario characters... Um, and then the person with the touchscreen is like air support. <laughs> yeah. And so where you touch on the touchscreen, a platform will magically appear that you can either jump on or use it to like block something off. Like you can block off an enemy so they can't hurt you or something. Mm. Um, and we, I think we alternated between like we'd all take in turns being that player because um, I don't know whether it's more fun to be Mario and, like, get through the level, or more fun to be that player and to provide the aid or destruction. Yeah, yeah. And so you could take immense pleasure in, you know, like someone's about to die, so quickly make a block and save them. And it's like, oh, my God, brilliant save, thank you. Or you can see they're about to jump, so you create a perfectly timed platform so that they bang their head on that and then fall down straight away <laughs> and die. And uh, that's really fun too because... the while the other players are alive, the level doesn't end. And so it's not like there's a big hindrance. It's like mildly inconvenient for one person of the four people playing. Mm. And so you can have a normal, like you can take enormous pleasure in like just pissing off one person while helping the others. Mm. And I've, yeah, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's part of my place. Like I like to annoy people like that. <laughs> Do you remember in the first episode I called you the dark souls of friendship? <laughs> That's exactly what that stuff is like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't do that to a seven-year-old. All right. Um, I got a, I got a question I want you to think about, but you don't have to. I'm going to give you a story. Okay. You see if you can come up with one. Okay. Stupid things you've done. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to take you back when I'm a 17-year-old and in my small town with probably three or 4,000 people living in it. In the middle of the town on the median strip, there's a giant sort of, you know those pine trees that are in sort of a palm tree style? They have quite a big trunk and you can, quite they're quite easy to climb. Yeah. So me and a mate, um, probably around 9.30, 10.30 at night, climb up this tree and we're just chilling in town Right at the top of this tree, we're probably like 25 meters up, like it's quite high. And then occasionally we're just making farm animal sounds. We're just talking, but you know, 
We're making these farm animal sounds, right? Yeah. And a couple of guys walk out of the pub and uh, and they're like, what the, what's that sound? Right? They're looking around and we're thinking it's hilarious. So we're giggling at the top of this tree, right? Yeah. And then my mate makes the sheep and the sound and he goes, and the guy's down there like, oh, I'm from New Zealand. He's making fun of us, right? Oh. <laughs> And he's like, hey, they're up the tree, <laughs> right? <laughs> then suddenly there's these these older guys yeah. waiting at the bottom of the tree for us to ca- come down. And we're like, what the hell has happened? <laughs> we went from doing this stupid tree climb yeah. to actually being in some physical trouble here. Antagonizing. Now, yeah. one of the guys starts climbing the tree underneath us. Now, remember, we're already 25 meters up. The tree can probably bear our load for another 10 metres up. So we start climbing even higher. Now, we're well above the buildings and stuff like that. Like, this is a big tree. Yeah. And we're above all of the double-storey, triple-storey buildings now, right at the top of the tree, and hoping this guy doesn't climb up. And eventually his guys, his friends call him down. They, They probably waited us out for 15 minutes. Yeah. I would say, but we didn't come down. We weren't coming down that tree after that. Yeah. These guys eventually left. They, the one guy who climbed the tree, he probably only climbed it up halfway. But me and this other guy are like, we're clinched to nearly the top of the tree, <laughs> right at the top where it's a bit rickety on yep. a few branches thinking, we might, this could be it. We could die. <laughs> we're so worried about even falling at that because it's, and it was bitumen beneath us. Yeah. So- um. Oh, he left. We climbed back down, and we sort of never spoke of it again. Um, <laughs> we used to do lots of silly things, you know. That's a stupid thing that we once did. That uh, learned that lesson. Yeah. Have you got anything like that you want to share? Ah, oh, where to begin? I don't know. I've done lots and lots of stupid things, but none come to mind when you need them. We used to do drive-by moonings. <laughs> of course you did. Um, did you ever, have you ever No, done? I never did that. I think a couple of times we yelled out the window like, show us your flaps <laughs> or something like that. But- well, look, it was very important that you do drive-by moonings with cars that have electric windows because trying to get the windows up and down. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and now the, the secret to a good drive-by mooning is that the driver is obviously not mooning. Yeah. They need to be able to reach the pedals and stuff. And then yeah. everybody else... Starts moving. Um, moons, and then there's there's only one face that you have to worry about, really. Yeah. We used to drive by, you know, you drive past the the skate parks and the parks and stuff as it gets towards night. All the bums hanging out the windows. Um, even better if you could get someone to shine a torch on it so it's like an illuminated bum going yep. past. We did enjoy that. We used to do that all the time. Drive by mooning. Ah, I, I had one... Um Ah, uh, what was it? <sighs> no, I've lost it again now. I, I just thought of one, but then drive-by meetings. I've got another one. Oh, go on then. All right. Uh, there was a street nearby my street called Vanilla Terrace. Yum. So we'd get up there every week or so and with a bit of whiteout and change it to vanilla ice. Yeah. So that the tea became – it's barely even funny, right? Oh, it's great. But each time, the, it was a it was one of those ones that's just a little bit higher. It, you know, fine if you've got a ladder, but it was a little bit higher, and it was quite an awkward one to get up there. So you, you needed somebody else to either help you. So what you'd do is you'd stand on somebody's back, 
we always used to have these bruises and stuff on our backs and and like rub marks from people's shoes. Yeah. Because we'd alternate who was going up to do the vanilla ice. Yeah. And God, the people in the town must have just hated us. I remember one. Uh, I don't know if it's just stupid shit that I did when I was a kid. Versus yeah. just like a moment that just wasn't taken like the way that I intended mm. uh, and just made me look like a moron. Um, so there's this musical comedian called Victor Borg and he's like this old style, like he's an old man, yeah. uh, but he's a phenomenal piano player. That's right. Yeah. And he does these like, he does, he's like the king of dad jokes as well. Like, you know, <laughs> he'll call, you know, um, Claire de Lune, clear the saloon or, you know, stupid little things. Mm. And there's a recording of him out there where like he sits down at the piano and goes to play and he starts playing beautifully. He's like, uh, it doesn't feel right. And he tries again and he's like, you know, really like he's checking the strings over the, over the top of the piano and stuff and, you know, like checking the pedal and stuff. And then he's like, he starts counting down the keys from the top of the piano down to where he starts playing. He's like, oh, and then he gets up. And he shifts the piano across like a couple of centimetres and then he sits down and then he starts playing again and he's perfectly in tune in the right spot. And so like he was playing in the correct pitch now. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it was to a massive comedic effect of the audience who found, oh, that's really, really funny. And so I got up in a concert performance Mm. and tried to recreate the effect. Yeah. And so I sat down at the piano in the middle of like amongst all of our peers. And this is in my first year too when I haven't really established myself as a funny person funny person, or as a piano player or yeah. anything really. And I've sat down at the piano and I go to play something and uh, I do the thing, you know, like I'm looking and like know what, like the people that know what I'm doing are like, they have no patience for this. It's like, dude, just hurry up and play so we can go. <laughs> and I, I do it and then I do the counting down thing. I'm like, oh, and I get up and I go to move the piano. But it's locked down. <laughs> so I can't move the piano. And then um, I actually, like, I'm pushing at it, like, and it's not happening, and I start to panic. And, and then someone says, oh, it's, it's locked down. Like, you can't move it. <laughs> and so I shift the stool, <laughs> and then I sit down and start playing. Nobody laughed. And uh, I just finished off the performance <laughs> and sat down and, like, tried to not die inside. And I, like, ah. Oh. Uh, someone, someone actually brought it up to me the other day, and because the, they were telling me, you know, you've got this sense of humour that people don't really always get. Sometimes, to... sometimes you just double down on a joke that you think is funny, and nobody else thinks it's funny. And I'm like, right, well, can you give me an example of this? And he's like, would you remember that time you went to play the piano? <laughs> and so it's not forgotten. Everyone remembers that I just did this moronic thing. How how overacted did you, did you make it look like a joke? Uh, well. See, this is the thing. I'm not a professional actor, so I don't know. <laughs> I was like 19 at the time. Mm. I don't know what the hell I was doing. So, um, no, I think I was probably, I probably just looked nervous and unsure of myself. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that happened. I mean, it was clear what I was trying to do. Uh, that was clear, but it just wasn't funny. I hadn't sold it on funny because I think you don't, especially at that age, you don't understand that, you know, when you're doing that um, uh, dramatic sort of uh, physical comedy, Mm. that there's more to it than just like acting out the moves. You've got to do the setup. You've got to do the, you know, 
delivery and there's there's a whole lot of factors to consider and and do. you can't just like do a bit and have it you know be taken in the right way it needs to be set up and and really planned out and i just tried to copy what someone else had done without really considering any of that mm. and it just didn't work uh and so yeah that was that was definitely a moment where i was mistaken mm. i think yeah. people need to be in the mood for Jokes too. You have yeah. to put them in the right. Yeah. Zone. The context wasn't appropriate for it either. Yeah. Like it wasn't my concert. It was just, it was a yeah, class like where we're all. trying to be funny while you were trying to get out of there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, oh, God. that was a stupid moment. Yeah. 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 All right. Stupid things were done. Yeah. I've got one other subject, but we are getting long on time. So, you ready for it? Go on. Quick one. We'll quick fire. All right. Red flags. First of all, what do you think is a red flag in a relationship from the other side? What do you, what do you think? Uh, like in a partner? Yeah. Uh, it, it It's such a personal thing, I think. Like, you know, but I, I guess, well, no. There are things that, like, obviously someone that doesn't try to, Cut me in my sleep is one. <laughs> yeah, but remember, the idea of a red flag is that you see it. It's a warning sign. Right. It's a warning sign. Lack of communication, I think. Yeah. So, e- early on, if they're not communicating, yeah. you're thinking the relationship's um, going down. So I can I can tell you one. So this this date the other day that I went on, yep. there were red flags there. So okay. we we had a I went on a date with this person, um, and we really really hit it off. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of drinks, had like, I don't know, I was telling some funny jokes, opposed to just regular awkward, cringy piano jokes. Mm. So she invited me back to her place and I said, well, look, yeah, I'll come. And she said, but no funny business. And I'm like, no, of course not. And then we got there and, you know, like we put on some TV and we're like cuddling up on the couch and, you know, just doing the things that you do on the couch and stuff. And things are starting to really progress but i'm i'm sensing a little bit of hesitation but i think she's kind of doing that mixed signal kind of thing where she's like i just want you to be a man and just take me kind of thing uh really which, which i is fine i sometimes worry it's going to be the opposite where they where it's actually i want to flirt but i don't actually want all the consequences well, and stuff that come they up. see they i say they i i've been in situations where uh someone has done this uh, in both ways, where like someone's really they're saying no, but they really really want yes, and uh, I've also <laughs> had ones where they're saying no, but they really really want no, and like what the fuck are you doing? And it's like oh, oh you know, and so um, it's it can be really hard to read, and I tend to err on the side of caution, particularly on a first date, particularly with someone that I'd see as like this chick is really you know she's gorgeous, um, and she's really smart, like she's got a got a good career, um. And she's single. She doesn't have kids. She's got like all of these. Uh, she owns her own home. She's got like some really cool things that I, I find a- attractive. Um, and so I didn't really want to blow it either. And so like I was sensing a bit of hesitation, but I think a lot of it was like, just show me what you, you know, like it was, it was, it was wanting me to break out of this shell bin. And I, I just said, look, um, she said, like, I, I sort of, um, I left it a bit and she's like, yeah, no, I, I don't really want to do that on a first date kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, well, no worries. Um, 
And so I'm like, well, look, I, I, you know, I'll respect that. I'll, you know, I can be good, you know. And she's like, yeah, well, I, I get the sense that you respect me a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I do. Um, and so, um, I feel like I'm getting mixed signals just in your conversation with. Yeah, telling, well, it was a bit it. strange. And so I decided it's not like it's not worth doing. Um, I'm just gonna we'll just leave it at that, and then you know next time I see her, you know we'll go from there. Um, and I was looking to date this person. If I wasn't looking to date them, I probably would have just been like, yeah, let's go. You know, um, I'll respect the hell out of you. But it sounds like she wasn't let's go anyway, though. No, well she wasn't, but she like she she was giving some. There, there was some like we we were at the point where clothes were coming off and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so like I, I'd taken her like she she had her bra off God, and everything, and I'd hate to be in this. It's this such. Sort of... It was very very mixed. Yeah, um, that's very mixed. And I just said, look, let's let's leave it tonight, and we can look at that next time. Especially because she had said on like two or three occasions, I don't want anything to happen. But then I got the sense that she did. And so it's like, right, well, I, I don't really know how to navigate this one now because I I want to take it a bit slow anyway. Um, and so that was fine. And then we left and, like, you know, she texted me afterwards. Like, I'd text her when I got home and she's like, yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed tonight. Like, it'd be great to do it again. And I'm like, yeah, no, let's do it again. Nice. And so then the next morning, like, um, I think I'd sent her like, oh, yeah, good morning, you know, like, how you doing? Oh, good on you. And um, she texted back but she texted back like in an hour and a half or so like it wasn't straight away okay she at work okay no it was like the weekend it was saturday um okay and so i thought oh yeah okay well she's not you know instantly texting which to me is a bit of a warning sign because i think if they're really keen on looking for something more substantial they do but i think um especially if you've already made the first but i i've noticed that girls will um find the timing of sending a text to be strategic. Yeah. And so I I looked at that and I thought, okay, well, I won't, I'm not, I don't know what the timeline is. I messaged her back and then I didn't hear back for a while. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll I'll leave it for now. Um, And then we had a bit more of a chat, but I noticed that some of my texts were a lot longer than hers. And so I thought, okay, Uh, well, I'll I'll back off there a bit as well. Very important. Um, And then the next day she sent me a text in the morning and I, you know, I texted her back and said, yeah, and I, I, I think I said, yeah, you know, I hope you have a great day. And she said, oh, yeah, thanks, you too. Then I left it to the end of the day and just said, so how did you go? And she's like, yeah, good, you know, it was a good day. And um, I'm like, so when do I get to see you again? And You've got to be careful. You sound like you're on the edge of outkeening. Huh? You, it sounds like you've initiated a lot of these contact. Well, it sounds like that, but it, it what I mean, I could – I could show you the messages. I'd, no, no, It no. wasn't really like that. Um, yeah. But I said, so when do I get to see you again? And she's like, oh, and this was Sunday night. I said, so when do I get to see you next? And she said, oh, look, I've got some time Sunday morning. I'm like, what, you mean Sunday next week? And she's like, yeah, that's what I meant. And I'm like, I left it. I'm like, oh, well, I that doesn't, that's a warning sign. That's a red flag in itself because it's like, well, it doesn't sound to me like you're really that keen. But then what you said to me was that you were really keen. And then the night that we had, you were really keen and stuff. But it was like, it was just a bit mixed. So how long after your first meet is this? So this was, so we met Friday night. Yeah. And then Sunday night I said, so when do I get to see you again? Okay. So yeah. Okay. Um. So this person, what are they saying? That they have... They have 
potentially a three-hour block every week and a half that they have? Well, I said, look, yeah, look, I can do Sunday, but um, is this, like, are you always this busy? Because sometimes, because I thought, you know what, could give the benefit of the doubt. She is a career person. Um, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Normally, uh, I just wouldn't care. Uh, but this person, I, I I really like this one. And yeah. so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll play the game a bit. Um, and, and she said, oh, look, I'm going to be honest. I, I get the sense that you're looking for something more serious than I am. I am seeing other people at the same time. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Um, and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I just thought, okay, well, um, no, I, I, uh, once a week isn't good enough for me. Um, but also, like, I don't want to – I'm not seeing, like, multiple people if I'm – I'm looking for the real thing now. You're um, seeing – that's it's such a weird thing because you'd only seen her once. I know. And your conversation's only three days long. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. What, you, is she seeing multiple people in those three days? That uh, really- well, I think it's more she's busy this week because she's seeing multiple people. Yeah, no, I um, I, I get it. I just and I don't know. Like she obviously just wants to stay in that mode. Yeah, you know? that that's what I that's the sense I got. And I I don't know. Like you know, I've uh, quite often have you know other partners at the time and stuff. But I I think. Um, while you're in that mode, mm. you sort of close yourself. Like, you know, you, you always tell yourself, oh, yeah, no, something could develop with one of these people and then I can cut the others off or whatever. But um, I just don't think it works that way. Not for me anyway. Um, yeah. No, it's a pity, you know. It's a pity. Yeah. Well, interesting. But so then w- it's- what Out of that, what is the red flag? I think the warning sign is um, the lack of availability. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's a good one. So I tell you, actually with my long-term partner, she met me on a night that I was working. Yeah. Working till very late. So ever since, you know, everyone here knows that I'm a relentless overworker. She met me at a time that I was overworking and – she asked me whether I wanted to come out after work and I was finishing about 1 a.m. Mm. And she, I was still putting, I was putting gear back in my car and that's when she met me. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of flirted with it a little but you know, I had places to be. And I, I wrapped it up and headed off, head off. And it's funny, across the the course of especially for our early relationship Friday and Saturday nights I was I usually always worked always had band or something else going on Mm. and that's a you know I'm sort of glad that I established that I always tried to give the relationship heaps of time and give her you know thoughtful responses to messages and things like that but I've always been a worker and at least now we have that established in our relationship. So as I've become even more so, it sort of makes sense under the context of my character. I haven't changed. Yeah. And I do like that. I don't like change. I'm going to go with a bit more of a general one. Okay. I think religious people 
if they're overly religious. And what I mean by overly is if they try and preach to you at any point. Yeah, I think that's more just values. Like you've got to have – your values have to be aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like for a religious person, a religious person isn't a red flag at all. And even if you're quite, you know, if you were quite religious yourself and you had someone that was like proselytizing and preaching and stuff, I don't think you'd have nearly as much a problem with that one. I think it's more per, like, you know, uh, yeah, when you're not religious or practicing or anything like that, like you could see that as a red flag, sure. Mm. Um, and I do. I think the, even in friends, um, people who I think can be, this is this is going to point just point out just how harsh my atheism is. Yeah. Um, as somebody who grew grew up in religious circumstances and stuff too, I just think that religion is ridiculous. It you really have to take yourself on a little into a little mind palace to to believe some of that stuff. It is so ridiculous. Mm. And I think as a religious person you sort of need to distance yourself from religion to even really see it for what it is i've certainly i've seen so many people who are highly religious and then 10 years later you speak to them like oh my god i can't believe i did that and treated people that way was worried about this person burning at armageddon or you know that sort of thing i think it's funny when like i uh i was listening to someone the other day that said talked about like people that have been in cults and, like, they leave the cult and then they write a book about the cult. Oh, yeah. And they talk about, like, oh, no, no, I can spot the, the cults and, like, you know, I should be warning people away from cults. It's like, well, of the two of it, like, you know, trying to warn – they were trying to warn the other guy away from a cult. And But his point was, well, of the two of us, <laughs> I've never been in a cult. So I think of the two of us, you're probably more, like, less qualified to talk about the warning signs of a cult. But, you know, I – Found that a funny kind of little point to make. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a really big on empirical evidence. Like, you know, can we detect it? What can we see? The time to start believing in something is when we have something to show for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like I've got another friend who's really big into like keeping an open mind and, you know, science doesn't know everything. And I'm like, well, no, it doesn't. But that's the point. Like, you know, we're there, we're there to figure it out. And he said, yeah, but some things you just can't know. And it's like, well, yeah, but why do you base decisions on that? Like you don't know is the, is the answer. Mm. Why is I don't know not a satisfactory answer? Why do you need to insert something else into that? Um, which, you know, hasn't been tested and is not able to be uh, determined whether it's true or not. It's mm. just a it's just a random claim. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why people need to do that. Um, mm. I agree. I'm also a big believer in another sort of saying in that uh, I think past experience is a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen. So if you have somebody who treats you poorly, you should expect that they're going to continue to treat you poorly regardless of what they say. Mm. And uh, I, it's always a good thing for me at work too. I I always see people, you know, bosses and stuff, they promise you, oh, it's going to be different next year. This will happen, this will happen. It's like it's never different. It's the same thing again. It's quite pessimistic though. Like, do oh, you th- I don't think so. Don't, do you think people could change? 
No, I do. I, I just think it is so rare. Yeah. I think people changing is is really rare, and that the safest way to be is to predict past, uh, predict future behavior based on past. I think you can say that people will make an effort to change, uh, but. It only works. How can you say that? I, I can say that. I can say people can make an effort to change, but um, they it's it's very easy to like stop putting in the effort and then reverting back to what it was before. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that I'd say. People, so if you had a big conversation, can put in the effort. That's, yeah, I would agree with that. But people won't. But <laughs> but then I'd say, well, that's not really changing. It's just putting in effort to doing something different, um, and it's only different while the effort is there. And so it's not really changing anything. It's just modifying something temporarily while the effort's there. And until you like need to put that effort somewhere else, then it, you know, you've got it. Um, mm. But it's really, really hard to to create those permanent changes. Yeah, I agree. I think changing changing yourself is really hard. I think, yeah, I I just really believe that most things are going to happen again you shouldn't assume that the you know if you're in a domestic violence situation shouldn't assume that, that person says they'll never do it again oh god no they're going to do it again yeah you, you think that somebody who who lies to you and then says they're going to be truthful in the future they're probably going to lie to you again and i think that 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 sort of thing you should use you don't use people's hopes and and um positive outlook as a as a method for thinking about what their new behavior will be the best thing to do is to use things that you've seen things that you know to be true as as the indicator for behavior do you do you think that someone that is like you know an alcoholic for instance mm-hmm. like once an alcoholic always an alcoholic yeah well obviously that person is very very prone to addiction yeah and I'm sure that the statistics would say that, you know, maybe 90% of alcoholics, I'm just going to make this up, this statistic. (laughs) I'm really good at that. 90% of alcoholics return to uh, alcohol within the next six months. Yeah. Right? Same with, you know, I could say the same for anybody with any addiction. That would be pretty true. However, if you've seen somebody who was an alcoholic stop alcohol for 10 years, then that's a good indicator that this person is able to make hard changes. I also think, like, that's the thing to congratulate as well. Like, you know, um, it's almost like a surprise when yeah. you, when, you, when someone says, "I've, I've, I don't drink. I, I went off it, you know, and haven't touched a drop in ten years." Like, because I was really off, off the wagon. It's like, wow, you know, I'm, I really respect that that you're yeah. able to make that change because, like you say, change is hard and self control is particularly hard yeah it really is particularly hard i found an app for my mac uh called self-control okay have you seen this no uh you just put in like um you can put in programs and websites and then set a timer and it will just block those things and there is nothing you can do like you can quit the program you can restart the program you can reboot the whole mac and those websites will not work until the timer runs out, um, <laughs> even if you uninstall the program. So it's a good way to sort of check your social media 
Yeah. Well, I've got it on things like YouTube and uh, Nine Gag, which is a website that I I used to go to all the time, um, like ten years ago, mm. and then stopped. And I've just sort of started going back to it again. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff about, um, you know, Ukraine and Israel and Palestine on there and that sort of stuff. But I used to go there just for the funny memes, and quite often people put up these funny videos, and it's like, huh, that's cool. Mm. Um, but it's a real like whoever it was that invented the infinite scrolling uh, page, I think needs to be sent to prison. Yeah, Facebook. It's a real uh, doom for productivity, and Google started doing it now too with its results. Like they don't have pages anymore; it's just infinite scroll. And I, I find that um, it's really, really dangerous because you get sucked into like a gravity well of just I'll go to the bottom of the page, but there is no bottom of the page. Yeah, I think there's a there's an inherent amount of completionist in most people mm. where I you set sort of arbitrary list goals like, oh, at the end of the episode, I'll turn this off. Yeah. At the end of this. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes you're watching a double episode of something and and you're like, ah, oh, well, it's think, a double. I'm pretty sure Leave the, Leave the World Behind is like a three-hour movie. Yeah, right. Um, you know, if you – so halfway through, you're thinking, oh, it must be nearly done. I'll turn this off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know those feelings. Yeah. Yeah, the infinite scroll, evil. Well, uh, I'm getting hungry. Me too. So, Let's Jake, what do you reckon? Food. Should we wrap this up? Yeah. All right. Well, we have been Pun Pals. Thanks for listening to us today. Like and subscribe, share it, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. People know what to do, don't they? I think so. I've actually started not, like, if someone tells me to like and subscribe, I'm like, well, I'm not doing it now. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm like, oh, you had to go and, and do that. Uh, I know Epic Like Light Media on YouTube. They have a anti-subscribe. So at the end of the their message at the end of each of their videos is, uh, don't subscribe to us, don't talk about us. Um, if, if you're feeling like you need to subscribe to someone, try Peter McKinnon. Just whatever you do, don't, don't subscribe to us. We don't need it. We don't. It's like just reverse it. psychology. Yeah, see through that. So it's like it's like it, but honestly, they I think don't it's have, better if you just don't mention it. They don't have that many <laughs> subscribers. Yeah. Well, I'm so what I said. Mm. it's like. It's like um, ejecting the DVD and then when it says standby, you get up and stand by it. It's like, well, <laughs> doing what it says. <gasps> okay, on that note, yeah. this is the end. Beep. That was the hang-up sound.